Okay. All right. Hi, Amy. How are you? Good. How are you? Excited Good. to be here. Yeah, I'm excited that you're here too. So um, just real quickly, I'm going to introduce the show. So this is a segment we call Opportunity Knocks. And I started it in early COVID. And the reason why was I wanted women to realize there was a way to make opportunities, to make, create, evaluate opportunities. And one of the things that I know about you is that you've been through so many transitions in your career and exciting transitions and things that a lot of women relate to and want to know more about. So to give you a proper introduction, Amy Liu comes from the beauty industry. She was a former executive at some of the top beauty companies. And just only about two years ago, she launched her own clean beauty line. And when somebody may say to you, oh, I don't think it can be done. We know that Amy Liu, she will always put her hat of determination on and get it done. So I am excited she's here uh, to share her wisdom with us. And um, if you can, if you could please just start by telling us a little bit about yourself and how you got into beauty in the first place and all that kind of good stuff. Well, I think one thing I want to go back to really quickly in your introduction was you talked about how the fact that I've had a lot of exciting um, different shifts in my career which I think are tr is true, but I think the the piece of advice that has really rung true for me um, is the idea that you can have it all, but you can't have it all at once. Mm -hmm. And when you said that my shifts were exciting, I think they weren't all exciting to me. <laughs> sometimes they were. Well, we all live our own exciting time frames. <laughs> right, but I mean, like sometimes they were um, scary. You know, like I I quit like a a pretty big job at the time. And I decided to take some time to stay at home with the kids and raise the kids for a minute. Mm -hmm. um, I was consulting for a while. I've done, I've done different things, but I guess my point is, um, I think I am a, what I, what I would hope that, cause I think a lot of the people who pay attention to your content are people who are like me and like you mm -hmm. are people who want to, are female have want to have children, want to be good moms, want to be great partners, mm -hmm. but also want something for themselves in terms exactly. of identity. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that was the thing for me is I really did want it all, but it's, it is hard, hard, hard to have it all at the same time. And so when I was really hitting my stride as an executive and really starting down that path, I found it really challenging to do that and also feel like I was able to kind of turn off, come home and be a mom and really compartmentalize these pieces of my life. Mm -hmm. And I felt really unsuccessful because I felt like I wasn't thriving in every corner of my life. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't know that everybody has to do it the way that I did it, but um, and that I really perspective. I mean, I think you say something really wise and you're absolutely right. Um, I too went through that same choice. Right. And um that's actually something I'm coming transparent about is why I left the corporate world for the first time. Like, you know, so I feel like you bring up a very honest, raw answer of we can't have it all at the same time. Yeah. Right? That I think that you can kind you of make that choice for you. Totally. You're happy with that within yourself. And I think that you can, I think, have different moments in your life where you focus on different things. It's just depending on the type of person you are. It was hard for me at least 
to do it all at the same time and feel successful at least. Well, but I think, I mean, we know this, but it, it goes down to your value set, right? So um, I described this time coming down the elevator with the female executive at 9.30 at night and she tells me it's her son's birthday. And I say to myself, oh, wow. And uh, of course I didn't say it out loud, but I'm sure my face kind of, I was like, hmm. And uh, yeah. her saying, uh, well, her I could celebrate him on the weekend. And I thought, wow, are those the choices that we need to make? I mean, and I think it's so important for, um, not that you would necessarily have young girls watching, but like for me, when I was really early in my career, I remember those seminal moments. And I remember thinking how I was, I was watching the people Mm -hmm. who were older than me and trying to understand how they were doing it. And I remember specifically being in a Sephora meeting and um, the CMO at Sephora at the time in the middle of the meeting gets really frantic and she checks her phone and she's like, I have to leave, I have to leave. And she said her daughter um, had applied to, didn't get into any of the colleges oh, that wow. she had to. And she was living in San Francisco five days, like during the week and flying home on the weekends. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I have to leave. I have to leave right now. Cause mm-hmm. she was, you know, coming back to Southern California. Yeah. And I just thought how hard it must be to be in that situation, to be trying to like balance mm-hmm. so many things and physically not be because I'm sure the one thing you want to do is be with your kid. Anyways, I think we went on a little bit of a tangent. No, no, I, I actually think it's a really wise tangent. And I think that, um, to be honest with you, I think every woman that I interview, I'd say almost all of them are mothers and not once has this come up during the interview. And I think it is <laughs> such a struggle for all of us. And I think one thing that I would bring up because this is, you know, this is all about opportunities, right? So it's like, it's an opportunity to reflect on like, what is it that you want in your own career? So when you talk about young girls, I, I, there are actually quite a few young girls that do follow me, but they, you know, the, the interesting thing is, is that it comes down to choice, right? We made the choice that wasn't right for us. Um, but that doesn't mean that in our current careers as entrepreneurs, we still have to make choice, right? Yeah, totally. But we control our schedule, right? You get to create that too. And I think you just have to understand what it is that you want to get out of it. Because I think I was so afraid to get out of the rat race because I was so afraid I couldn't get back in. Mm-hmm. Right. And so maybe, and maybe it would have been hard actually for me to come in again, um, as like the executive level that I want, because all the jobs that I looked at, frankly, because when I wanted to go back to work, I did start looking at jobs, but all the jobs that I looked at, I felt like if they were going to pay me what I wanted to make and give me the amount of responsibility that I wanted, they were also going to own me. So, and own my time and I just didn't feel like I would have that sense of balance. So for me, really starting my own business was kind of the only other option I felt like I had because I'm not afraid of doing the hard work, but I want to be able to control my time. Mm -hmm. And and all those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And you can value yourself during that time. Yeah. And and because if I'm going to work that hard and I feel like I have worked really hard for other people, but if I was going to work hard, I wanted to experience all the highs and lows of it for myself because I was doing it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so tell me, you know, if you're a woman who's on this segment and tuning in 
and you know that you have something that you really want to start, I mean, where, where would you suggest that they go first? Because, you know, like you said, we kind of jumped in, people could read your bio. They know, you know, what we can <laughs> give them more information toward the end, but you know, where would you tell them to start? Cause I think that the biggest thing for most women is, but, but what do I have to offer? Like, how do I get started? You know? Yeah. I mean, I think it's so different for everyone and I can speak to it from two different aspects. One is more tactical, right? So in terms of like getting your idea on a piece of paper, I think that's really important. So it's clear that you put together an elevator pitch so you can make sure you can tell somebody with clarity, like what your need gap is, what you're solving, who it's for. Um, those are all like the more tactical things that I think you can do, but and then there's like the research part of it, right? Like I'm someone who, before I make a decision or before I do something, I research the heck out of it. I talk to people about it. I do informational, that kind of thing. I think the other part of it is that you're speaking about is kind of that, how do you get yourself ready? Um, and I think that's a different thing, right? So mm -hmm. I, I would say the thing that has blocked me the most in my life and in my career is probably fear. And it's, it's, there's a part of it where you just have to put yourself out there. And for me, what was incredibly motivating, and I think, I don't know if you touched, talked about this when we talked about when we spoke personally or when we spoke in yeah. this, that one, <laughs> one thing that was really motivating for me was um, that my friends really, like I had so many people who really believed in me mm -hmm. and said when I finally, like, cause I think I had been telling people for so long that I really wanted to do this. And I really wanted to start my own business and that, um, you know, that it was a thing for me. But then when I finally said, no, I'm actually going to do it. There were people who just came forward and said, okay, well, I want in. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was so, um, I was so flattered by it, but also incredibly motivated by it because it felt like people were on my side and people were believed in me. Exactly. So I think for everyone, it's probably different. Like a lot of people probably have more um, self-motivation in that sense. For me, I was so afraid to take money from other people, but in the end, it ended up being um, probably the thing that motivated me the most. So I think you have to in terms of going back to your question of how do you begin, I think you have to figure out your own psychology in some way mm -hmm. and figure out what, what helps you, right? Like, do you need someone to like, are you the type of student that really likes who needs a teacher to tell, give you a due date and tell you when to do something? Cause maybe you need a coach or maybe you need an accountability partner, mm -hmm. but if you're really self-motivated, maybe you don't need those things. And then maybe you can do be self-funded and maybe you can do it on your own. I have historically always been someone who was like left to my own devices. I can sit around and Netflix and chill like <laughs> Right. But if I think somebody else is counting on me and now I feel like my investors count on me, my retail partners count on me, my team counts on me, I will show up when I think other people. Mm -hmm. And so I think you just have to know um, who your stakeholders are and the way that your own what, what motivates yourself? Yeah, I feel yeah. like uh, intrinsic motivation, you touch on something that, again, a lot of people don't talk about. So this is great. Um, it's so important. It's like, um, I have this conversation often with my husband, whether it's like something as simple as like a workout, right? And he's like, you should just go do that on your own. And I'm like, you and I are different, okay? Yeah. 
when you ran the marathon, you didn't care. You put your headphones on or your headphones. So my boy, now I sound old. (laughs) And you basically were like, bye-bye. And I was like, I was like, I want to chat with my friend for the first 15 miles and then basically say goodbye. Yeah, yeah. I was like, it made the time go by more quickly because I was collaborating with somebody. And you're damn sure that I would show up if there was something that I had to be there for. For sure, because I don't want to let other people down too. And that's just, that's, that's the way my makeup is. But I think it's, it, I don't know. I don't think I realized until, the other thing I would say is I told myself in the beginning when I wasn't sure if I was going to do it so many times I told myself, oh, I'm too old to do this. Mm-hmm. Like that ship has sailed. Like I'm, you always read about these people who start like. I mean, I what are you, 25? What are you? <laughs> you know, people, they just don't. Uh, uh, with three kids. I'm a teen mom. Um, but, you know, so many of these people you see start like in the startup world or in Silicon Valley, right, are in their 20s and yeah. they're you hear these stories about them working out of their garage and you hear about them doing. And I was like, I don't know if I can do that without a team. I don't, I've never worked without a team. I can't do everything by myself. I can't do it because I'm too old. I can't do it because I have three kids. And you tell yourself all these excuses, but I have to say like, and maybe this is me just justifying with my own narrative because it's worked for me, but I feel like it's really helped me that I am older because I feel like I've had the benefit of the experience of I mean, I've been an employee a lot longer than I've been a founder. And I have to imagine that makes me a little bit better of a boss and a little less crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have a I, lot of conversations to pull from. For sure. Well, or at least I know what it's like to be on the yeah. other side of it. So I, I'm a little more thoughtful, hopefully. Um, and because I, I've made like all these connections over time and relationships that I get to tap into and I get to um, have the benefit of you know, intersecting with because it's more fun that way. And so I don't know, I think there's, I guess I only say that because if there are people out there who are telling themselves that they can't do it because of something like age or because it's too late or something like that, that I, I a hundred percent don't believe. So yeah, I, I a hundred percent agree with you on that. And, um, I feel like it's never too late and I also feel that that goes along with it doesn't have to be perfect. Oh, for sure. Because the reality well, is. What is, is the that, thing? Good at, perfect is the enemy of good. Or I don't remember. Yes, exactly. But, yeah. But I think it's totally true. Yeah. Well, because I mean, I think the reality is, is that if you don't get started, what story do you have to tell at all? You know? And it changes so much from the time that you start anyways, that I think you just have to go down the path and that is that becomes part of the journey too you know like it's it's all I mean in the beginning so I started I don't know if I've told you this part but I tried starting two other businesses before this um one was a pet company and at the time I didn't have a pet but I was uh, attaching my but there was a guy who wanted a partner and I just thought he was really he is very smart and incredible entrepreneur not my idea, but I was really banking on, um, I really wanted to partner with him. Mm-hmm. The other one was um, a, a shower. It was like a beauty attachment, water filter shower yeah. thing. She just couldn't get made. And in both of those, I was really attaching to somebody else's idea. And I was wanting to partner with them because I really believed in them. Mm-hmm. And both of those didn't work out for reasons that have nothing to do with those people, but just because of the idea and the, and the, the funding and things like that. But 
ultimately I was afraid to do it by myself. Mm-hmm. And my luck changed when I was willing to go out on my own mm-hmm. and put myself out there instead of just being willing to be like the muscle in the situation and doing the work and, and attaching myself to somebody else's um, success. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that actually going back to intrinsic motivation, it goes into kind of, you like to help others. Yeah. You know? That's why. And I relate to that because I, I said the same thing to people for the longest time, you know, I said, no, oh, I like to be number two, like number two. Yeah, I am a great number two. Yeah. I'm I'm like, like, your mission, I will make it happen, but it's scary when it's yours. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me what the greatest reward has been since you've launched your own thing. Um, the greatest, I don't know. I have a few, I guess I feel really proud. You can list a few. I feel really, I feel really proud. I mean, I have these moments where, um, I feel like my kids, um, and people always say, you know, your daughters, cause I have two daughters and one son and people always say like, Oh, your daughters are watching you, um, you know, become a girl boss or whatever. And these types of things. And I'm like, I think it's really great that my son sees, mm. um, a woman be able to really not only strive and achieve, but to, to learn and try, mm-hmm. um, and to be a real partner to my husband. And I think it's great for my kids to see my husband, um, pitch in more, which frankly he's had to, mm-hmm. this has all happened. Um, yeah. and I, I just, I think it, the, the marriage part of it, I'm really proud, um, to role model because I feel like we're, we're doing it in a, a less conventional way, you know? Yes. Um, Cause even when I was consulting, my kids didn't see it. Right. Cause I was doing it while they were at school and, I felt like identity wise, I just didn't feel like I had enough for myself. Mm. So that was a huge thing for me. So in terms of other things I'm proud of, I mean, I'm and I proud. Think it's actually amazing. Like going back when you're talking about the marriage part, I mean, your husband at a certain point actually stepped in to help you like so with some of the like finance. He still does help in some ways. I mean, he obviously has a full-time job um, because otherwise, how would we eat right now? But um, <laughs> that's not true. I mean, I brought probably could eating the lipstick because it's organic and clean. Yeah. <laughs> I probably could be, I just, I haven't started a salary yet. Um, mostly because I want to keep investing in it and I don't want to raise money. Yeah. Um, but so he has a full-time job, but he has been super helpful. And I think the other thing is like having him believe in me and believe in this and really, um, be supportive like that, I think has made a big difference too. What about, um, you know, did you sit down and have like a conversation with him from the beginning where you're on the same page about like, you know, because when you're first starting and there's so many unknowns about how much you're investing and how much everything's going to cost and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. He set a limit on it. (laughs) He was like, He was like, um, if you want to start a company, I think that is wonderful. I think that is so terrific. I am so supportive. You should go earn some money so that you can invest it. And so then I thought, well, I don't think I'll ever be able to earn. But it takes to to do all the formulation. I I did take money in the beginning. Um, And then we put, as a family, we put some money in. But even then, in the beginning, he was like, you know, we're going to cap this. Yeah. Because 
you and I will not have a good outcome mm-hmm. if we just keep putting money into this and it doesn't go anywhere. It'll make me very angry. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I thought that was really healthy for us too, though, because it was, um, you know, you have to put up some boundaries, some, some boundaries around things. Otherwise, I, I mean, it's no good for me if he says it, he'll put the money in and then he's like sulking around if we lose it, you know, like, I don't, I don't need that kind of resentment either. Exactly. So, it was really healthy for us, I think, in that sense. And then the other part of it, which I think is uh, the part that we actually had more um, friction over was, I think he was very supportive. And then all of a sudden, you know, I didn't realize how much I was doing around the house until all of a sudden I was really bitter because I didn't have the time. Mm. So I think when I was working less, I was, you know, doing all the wifely domestic duties and then when, as I started working more, and again, I'm still not taking an income. So it's, I think as women and as partners, it's really hard sometimes because we think of our financial contribution. Money is power in some ways, yeah, right? Exactly. And so, especially and as a like, woman, mm-hmm. totally. And if you feel like you're not doing, you know, like it's, it can be hard, even though my husband is actually, I would say on the spectrum of it, incredible but I think I gave myself a lot of that pressure Mm -hmm. where the friction came was when I felt like I was doing both and I was working both jobs. So, you know, and I didn't even realize that at that point I had somehow trained him to like come home, eat his hot dinner and then just leave it there. Wow. Didn't he like, Oh, you're not even gonna move your plate into the. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You're like that. This doesn't work. (laughs) So those were, I mean, those were conversations we had, to really get honest about and have, but he, I mean, he is really, I think just stepped up and maybe it's because I demanded it in some ways, but it's um, made our relationship much richer because I think we, it feels like we're real partners. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. As yeah. opposed to these feeling that, wise like out, that I feel yeah. like I probably gave us. Yeah. These are such wise words to be sharing uh, and, and, and transparent and honest, because I mean, the thing is, these are the things that come up when you start your own business. And this is and, also like Instagram versus reality, right? Like oh, people, yeah. everybody thinks that, and I, by the way, have like the world's nicest husband. So when most people meet him, they're like, oh yeah, you've ever, why, why would you ever complain? He's perfect. And I'm like, oh yeah. really? I mean, <laughs> he's got his own <laughs> things too. Uh, that's so, so. funny. I mean, I think it's, but it is really true. I think you have to, it, it takes a village. And so even if, um, even if I, I need the mind space and the head space and the emotional space to be able to do all these things. And part of that is like support. Part of that is literal. It's physical, like helping me take care of the kids. And part of the mind space part was being able to let go of, I was like, you need to take care of like somebody else needs to schedule all the kids activities. Yeah, no, it's true. Like sometimes you have to let go of that, you know? Well, and that's what I realized was really like hard for me is was like, you don't understand what it's like to have to like, not only do I have to keep track of my vendors, my employees, my retailers, I also have to remember where that little like goal sheet is for my kindergartner that, you know, is supposed to turn that in on Wednesday. And then when, how I'm going to schedule the parent teacher conference. And, um, if I can get into that swim spot or, and it's like the, the juggling, which I think women are just inherently better at, but it's hard. And so, I mean, he took, frankly, he took over a lot of those things, which has made, that's impressive. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, very impressive. <laughs> I mean, because yeah. most men will not take over those things. And that is actually many female executives largest complaint is that they have no relief anywhere. Like, you know, it's that, that they're everyone to all people all the time. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, I still feel like that too, but I mean, so it's, I'm not trying but to it's paint just like little things, like little things go a long way. Like you're saying, you know, basically. So, so I'd love to know, cause I think, I don't know how many SKUs you have now, meaning products, but is it around 10, 12 ish? Uh, closer to 20, are we closer to 20 now? 20. Okay. So with these new, yeah. So around 20 products and you know, what, what triggered me was like looking at the world map in the back of your, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> your interview. And, you know, I used to do international marketing and I know you're a minority and so am I. And so what, what are your thoughts about going more global, moving into Canada, you know, maybe Mexico? Cause obviously we know the beauty industry has strides for endless opportunities. Yeah, for sure. So we are in Canada with Sephora Canada. Okay. Um, we are international through Revolve. So okay. um, Revolve ships everywhere. Um, we recently went into a T-Mall with Revolve in China, which mm-hmm. has been interesting because, um, you know, unbeknownst to me, there were a few like Chinese influencers who picked us up and um, Revolve went to T-Mall for the first time and they picked only a small curated number of brands to go. And it was all skincare brands. And then we were the only color brand that they chose. Wow. Interesting. Exciting. Um, and we're actually, we do really well on Revolve. Last time I heard we were the number one, um, I don't know if it's color or clean color, but okay. we were the number one um, brand at Revolve. That's a big deal. Uh, yeah, it is. Huge. It's a big it's Yeah. Exciting. Um, although my finance guy was like, if you're the number one brand at Revolve, I mean, they're not doing that much business. <laughs> I, was like, I don't know if that's thanks. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, thanks for making me feel small. Yeah. <laughs> but I know I'm big. No, it's, um, it's, it was, it's been good there, but, um, international is, is super important. I did international marketing at Smashbox. And so I'm a big fan of it. I also am a fan of growing with a lot of intention and a lot of, um, control. Mm-hmm. And so I am not in it for, I, well, I mean, I just, I'm not looking to like, my goal isn't just to put, um, product in the market and, and it's not just distribution and it's not like, let's just gas this and grow. And I'm not looking for like hockey puck growth. I'm looking for sustained growth. And I'm conscious of the fact that when you go into international, you just have a little less control. Yes, um, oh, absolutely. So, I mean, I, I think we'll do it as it makes sense. Um, we're in pretty heavy talks with Cult Beauty and um, Liberty in the UK, which is exciting because they're both incredible. Liberty. Yeah, they're incredible retailers. Um, yeah, so I mean, it, it's, this, it's this balance, right? Because I'm trying to make sure that we're, um, we have momentum right now, which is so mm-hmm. exciting. So you want to take advantage of that momentum, but then you also want to make sure you're growing responsibly and I'm not making the team crazy and we're um, we're just able to sustain it. Sometimes actually the opportunity internationally is greater than here. And you could, yeah. end up being, if you go into Liberty and other things, you know, you end up maybe grow, having a larger growth, growth potential and market share there even, who knows? For sure. so I think it's amazing. And 
So I know we have a hard stop at a certain time and we could talk for hours and we (laughs) have a lot of really interesting topics that I am so grateful to have had because honestly, many female entrepreneurs don't talk about the real real of like being a businesswoman, but also like struggling with being a mom and you know, those are all, those are real conversations. So if you know, Michelle, I am nothing, if not a real, you know, that's right. <laughs> vulnerable. So. And that's why we're friends. <laughs> um, sure. But um, so uh, I wanted you to just leave people real quickly with um, like how to get a hold of uh, you, how to purchase your products. Yeah. So um, we, um, we follow us at tower 20 beauty We're we're big on Instagram. That's kind of the, where the majority of our um, community is and outside of that we're also on tiktok twitter um same handle at tower 28 beauty um and our website is tower 28 beauty.com we're sold at revolve sephora all stores um and online of course and credo beauty which is my favorite clean beauty retailer mm-hmm. um and did i forget anything else i think that's no, it think our so. products are non-toxic um non-irritating and also safe for sensitive skin clean by credo standards. Um, and the one thing we are really working hard on this year in terms of initiatives is, um, we're also trying to clean up our act in terms of being more sustainable. Oh, right on. Well, you know, those are difficult things in the beauty industry and those are amazing initiatives to put into place. And I think everybody struggles with it, you know, it's hard. And it is our friend. (laughs) Um, anyways thank you so much for your time I'm so grateful and I'm gonna go ahead and click and